Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and I really enjoyed this week's podcast interview because people often ask, like, what's the best martial art or fighting system for self-defense? But this week we take a different approach and offer some really great step-by-step techniques that you can train with today. Now this is a real how-to episode, and don't forget to check out the show notes on the blog because I was also able to hook you up with some photo tutorials for the techniques we discuss. Let's go ahead and get started now. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. When it comes to hand-to-hand combat, there are a ton of different fighting systems out there to choose from. Now, regardless of which you choose, the reality of a real street fight is that not all styles are able to pass the test when applied to a true life-or-death street fight survival scenario. And even the most practical combative systems have their own share of techniques that work and others that are more art than martial. Now, without getting into a my master can beat up your master debate, the truth is that the best fighting style is the one that you personally can use effectively when your life is on the line. And borrowing from all of the systems is, in many instructors' opinions, the best approach to learning how to fight. Essentially what that means is that you take the most extreme fight moves from a variety of combative systems and master each one to create a virtual arsenal of body weapons that you can use for any scenario you may find yourself in. We've come to call this mixed martial arts, but that term has become more based on sport fighting scenarios rather than real street fights. So then, which techniques do have true street application that you should look at adding to your self-protection plan? Well, that's what we're here to find out with today's guest, someone who has trained in nearly every martial art on the planet and developed his own short list of street-proven fight-enders we're going to talk about today. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today is my good friend, Russell Stutley. Russell, welcome back to the program, man. Hi. Thanks for having me. All right. Good to, good to have you here, man. Now, listen, Russell is acknowledged as Europe's leading authority on the use of acupressure points in martial arts and is a regular columnist for some of the martial arts industry's leading magazines. Now, holding several black belts and trained in every fighting system he could gain access to, Russell has made it his mission to destroy the myths that traditional arts have no street application. His various books and DVDs reveal just how devastating his collection of techniques, especially his use of instant pressure point knockouts, has leveled the battlefield for even smaller men and women to completely lay out a bigger, stronger attacker and make it look simple. Now, you can find out more about Russell and his training at www.secretpressurepointknockouts.com. Now, Russell, I've known you for many, many years, man, and we've talked a lot about a lot of different martial systems and how they can be better applied to a street defense scenario. So let's start off with what you feel really needs to happen in order for someone to take any moves or martial art and make it more street ready. I mean, we we used to say... uh not a bad line. I, I can't remember who I stole it from, but I, I must have stolen it because it's quite a good line. It's um, you know, look at what's banned, and that should be your starter when you're developing any system. 
look at what's banned in any sporting environment. If it's banned, it's banned for a reason. Yeah, that's that's probably a pretty good starting point. I mean, I remember there was a, a UFC fight that I saw. I mean, this probably happened several times in UFC fights, but you know, a good example of that is like the like the eye gouge, right? Like you're not allowed in UFC to go ahead and like scratch somebody's eyes or claw somebody's eyes. I remember there was this one fight. I think this Japanese guy and this Turkish guy and. And the Japanese guy had had mistakenly like jammed his his finger into the other fighter's eye, and it scratched the cornea or something. And the guy just immediately like hit the floor, screaming in agony and pain. And they had to stop the fight. They they, they stopped the fight right then and there. The uh, the ref looked him over and everything, and and um, the guy was able to recover, get back into the fight. And he actually ended up actually going on to win the fight, but. All in all, there was there's nobody there. I mean, we're in a sporting a sporting arena here, but that guy that had his eye cut, the the guy that cut the eye, the fighter that that actually mistakenly cut the guy, and everybody there that was watching would know that if that were a real fight, there was no way that guy would have won. He would have that once he hit the floor, that would have been it. Exactly, exactly. And again, it's those sport versus self-defense distinctions that we need to make and and understand because you know you can say quite legitimately that the guy got caught in the eye recovered and won the fight absolutely but had it been a real fight who knows what could have happened the second you're down you're in big trouble it's the same with lots of other techniques from sport Um, you know judo jiu-jitsu just going to guard and things like that yeah, for sports stuff, it works great and you can defend well and all this sort of stuff. But you, you, there's so many things that's wrong with being there. Now, I'm the first to admit that if you're a great BJJ exponent or a great judo exponent and you fall on your back and wrap your legs around somebody, there's a fairly decent chance that you'll probably get away with it. But it only takes that person to have real venom, real ferocity in what they're doing, and all of a sudden this going to guard is taking on a whole new meaning. You put a weapon in the hand, it's taken on a whole new meaning again. You get another person involved, there's a whole new meaning again. So I acknowledge the fact that a good BJJ or judo guy or wrestler or whatever, anybody's done any grappling arts, yes, if they end up on the back and put somebody into guard, they probably, probably might get away with it, but it's a, it's that probably might got a chance, got to be really good at what you're doing to do it, and you've also got to hope that the other guy isn't full of venom and ferocity and also isn't got any training. Right, right, right. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Now. What I want to do is I want to jump in and actually get your take on some of the combative systems that we've talked about and get just one truly devastating move that you think someone should add to their street fight arsenal from that system. So let's start with your training in what I consider to be one of the most intriguing combat systems, Russian Systema. In fact, one of our instructors in our network, Vladimir Vasiliev, has has really brought Systema to a wider audience, and I've personally trained with him. So I'm curious what one move you found to be the most effective from Systema. Okay, one of the things I really like from those is the their stomach shot or their their body shot where they're hitting down on the body. Now, we've been 
telling people for years uh, about this, and it, it's funny enough, the stemmer are the ones who got it out there, but it, the, the body is very, very strong in certain ways, certain angles and directions. The body's incredibly strong. And then in other angles and directions, it's incredibly weak. Again, I'm going to use boxing as the analogy because everybody's seen boxing fights. When people do hooks and uppercuts to the body, they're hitting in or in and up. And it's rare, although you do see it quite often with, say, a liver shot or something like that, it's rare in boxing for somebody to get dropped with or knocked out with a body shot. Very rare. Okay? However, the body is extremely weak when you hit down on it. And again, we say to people, you know, don't take my word for it. I could be lying. Try it yourself. So, the great thing with Sistema is that they understand and know and acknowledge that they should be hitting down on the body. And they also have their, their movement that they use, this whip-like movement that they use. Um, because they look so flowing, people mistake the fact that this flowing movement is actually generating power. They they think that there's no power there when there is. And the the stomach shot that they use, the body shot that they use, where they're dropping down onto that shot, throwing the punch in and down through the body and getting their body weight behind it, is an absolute finisher. If you think of it like an overhand right... Um, I hope everybody understands what I mean by an overhand right. And you sort of corkscrew your body down and round. You don't need to sink to your knees. You just sink your body weight. So you'll just get a flexation in that uh, in the front leg. If you hit, let's say for argument's sake, your left side forward, just for argument's sake, and you hit him with your right hand, that being your back hand, then your front leg will flex as you drop and sink your body weight down. The attacking hip from the opposite side, the right hip will be driving forward first and then the weapon, that being the punch, will drop in and down through the body of the opponent coming after the hip. It's important that people understand it comes after the hip, which is key to, to generating power. It's got to be ballistic. Yeah, that's a that's a great example because I I when I trained with Vladimir at his studio uh, up in Canada, it's it he 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 demonstrated this technique on me with just like a very very short punch like only like a, an inch away it was it wasn't like a bruce lee 1 inch punch but it was like the sistema just to show how that that downward motion can create amazing internal havoc and it and it like made me nauseous when he did it and he did it like with no like almost like no pressure at all. It was really, really amazing to see it. And that, and that system has a lot, a lot to, a lot to offer there too. Look, everyone, we've been talking with Russell Stutley of secretpressurepointknockouts.com. We still have three more extreme fight moves coming up for you that you're not going to want to miss, including what you can learn from Israeli Krav Maga for taking down even an attacker twice your size. Badass men in skirts, or in other words, the brutal side of Aikido that you can use when facing a stronger attacker, and a horrific ground-fighting move from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that's not allowed in the octagon. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350-pound biker dude, rage in his eyes. 
ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do? Without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Russell Suitley of SecretPressurePointKnockouts.com, talking about how to steal the most extreme fight moves from various martial arts in order to create your own street fight arsenal. Now, we have a few more techniques to show you today, so let's go ahead and jump back into our interview now. Now, Russell, I, I currently train in Krav Maga, and I love the direct combat application philosophy of the system. Now, obviously, there are a lot of moves that need to be trained in any style, and, and Krav has a ton to choose from. So what's one of the ones that you like the most from Krav, and how can someone add it to their own self-defense plan? Well, one of the ones that, I've take, that I'll mention now, I've taken a few, but one of the ones I like is the, the, the low stomp. That they do low kick stomp. If you imagine you're in sort of a, a standing sort of grapple grab hold sort of position, somebody just grabbed hold of you, and you're in real close with them. Now, ignoring all the headbutts and bites and stuff like that that you can be doing up top, just ignoring those for a moment. Um, you grab hold of them, you index them around the back of the head or whatever, back of the neck, and you're just going to stomp down as hard as you possibly can on the inside of their ankle now in Chinese medicine it's called spleen 6 SP6 I won't you know, bore you with any of the details on it but if there's only if there's one place on the body that you remember as a weak place to go if you forget anything else that we teach just remember that one place because it's absolutely devastating so you stamp down on the inside of the ankle. It's like you know, hands width up from the ankle bone on the inside. You just stamp on that, and it, and they're they're gonna they're gonna drop. Just stamp it as hard as you possibly can. If they're on the once they go to the floor from there, you stamp on it again and then stamp your way up the leg. And the the beauty of the Krav Maga stuff is that they they've got no problem with. Um, aesthetics, right? Now, in karate, Thai boxing, blah, 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 all these sort of things, when you're doing the lower kicks, the stomps and things like that, they, they're just obsessed with the aesthetics of it and all this sort of stuff. And again, having done those arts, 
and the background, I can feel it's okay to have a pop. With Crab Magar, they're not worried about the aesthetics, they're just worried about <coughs> the target and getting the job done. So they're saying, just stomp through it. If you've got boots on, you know, the other guy's in for a whole new world of pain. And that area, that spleen sticks area, hands width up from the inside of the ankle bone on the inside of the leg is just absolutely devastating. Now, when they're down and you stomp on it again, they are not going to be able to come after you. Okay, they might be able to hop after you, but there's no way they'll be able to run or walk after you. And it's one that we've taught for uh, ladies, small people, police, security all over the world for many, many years is to get this area, just boot it to hell and, and it, you'll be amazed at what it does. And again, it doesn't matter if you believe in any of the stuff that we teach or not as regards Chinese medicine. We just say, just tap yourself there and see if it hurts. No, I already know it does. <laughs> I remember I remember when I actually learned this from you a long, long time ago, and it's been one of my one of my best go to like fight enders, um, you know, that I, that I like to train with because it is so, it's so sneaky and, and even like a grandmother could do this. And it's such un, it's so under the, uh, under the radar, the person you're dealing with, cause they're looking for like the haymaker punch. And this one spot on the body is so, so tender. And like I said, listen, if everybody that's listening right now, you can go ahead and tap yourself. Just go, uh, do like Russell said, go like, you know, one palm's uh, length above the inside of your ankle and just take your knuckle and just tap it lightly and you'll feel just with that little tap. Now, can you imagine just coming down on that with, with you know, full force stomp? And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's your grandmother. She can pull this off and that person's going to be out. Yeah. yeah awesome. Awesome. Uh, Russell, I, I think we've all seen the Steven Seagal movies. And for those of us who weren't familiar with the Aikido system when Steven hit the screen back in the 80s, it really blew us away at how little effort seemed to go into such really brutal moves. I know you've trained quite a bit in Aikido as well, so what technique would you like to share with us today that will help someone use this system for their own personal defense? Okay, if we take a simple one, we've taken one that um, not every fight is a life or death right this minute situation, but it can change in the, in the blink of an eye. So we're just assuming for a moment that you're trying to get away, you, you just forget it, leave me alone, you start to walk away. So take this as an example that as you're walking away, the other person's grabbed your arm with your right arm, as an example, with their right arm ready to smack you on, pull you back in and smack you. Now what tends to happen when you get pulled is that people tend to resist against it and it's that, that moment when you resist that you actually get punched in the face because they're coming at you they're pulling you towards them as they're moving in to throw a punch and it's when you resist that pull that you tend to get smacked in the face so with Aikido they learn to go with the flow and stuff like that so for the moment we'll say that the guy's grabbed your right arm with his right arm you turn to the outside of the arm at the same time there's a whole load of things going on you need to get your body weight underneath his grab just by sinking your knees a little bit. You need to make sure that as you turn, your elbow bends. No one can stop you from bending your elbow. And that their grabbing hand, if you like, 
it comes in line with your sternum as you sink your weight and turn your body. There's a whole load of things going on, but it's just one simple quick movement. As this is happening, it enables you then to get your body weight under. They physically, doesn't matter, they could be Arnold Schwarzenegger and they couldn't stop you from turning their arm over, which is the body dynamics, the biomechanics of it. You've got your whole body weight against one of the smallest joints in the body. They can't stop you. You turn over, your right hand snakes over and grabs around their forearm. Remember, they're, they're still grabbed hold of your arm. Your other hand clasps their hand to your forearm at the same time, creating a base and stopping them from pulling away from the pain. As you rotate your grabbing hand around, that twists their arm and starts to apply the lock. That At that moment, that's enough there to, to drop them. But you're going to take it to a stage further. As you keep driving forward towards them, utilizing that, that waveform movement, that movement to generate power, you're going to drive their arm. If you imagine their arm is in a shape now of um, like a, a an upside down L shape, if you like. The shoulder to the elbow is a right angle and then their arm drops straight down vertically and it's being twisted and you would drive that hand past their back and then round in an arc and that will rip out the wrist, the elbow and the shoulder in one fell swoop. Done correctly and hard enough if you put that waveform in that we talked about with power and what we call a spiraling waveform, you can break the wrist, you should be able to get the radius and ulna to shear fracture through the elbow and you should be able to get um, the shoulder to come out of its socket. If you can really whack it through and get the full amount of power and you get it absolutely right, you could, if you do it absolutely right, get the radial, medial and all the nerve to detach from the neck so they end up with a dead arm. Okay, and that my friends would explain why we're calling this extreme fight moves. And, and you know, especially when you look at Aikido and you see like Aikido masters really, really work with this stuff, you see them kind of flipping around in the air and stuff like that. And I think for a lot of people that are watching that, it almost looks like, well, that's not real. Like, you, have, you know, you're never going to flip somebody in the air like that. That's all theatrics. Well, this is the reason why you see them flipping through in the air, because if they didn't, having a dead arm for the rest of your life and being able to go with this stuff is um, is probably what you're looking at. So they have to do that because there's so much leverage and there's so much use of these joints in Aikido that for somebody that you're fighting in a real fight, that's not going to go flipping up there. They don't even know how to do that. When you pull off this technique, what you're looking at are ripped tendons and potentially dead arms. So Understanding that, if you're ever going to train any of this stuff, best to do it with an Aikido master or getting actual Aikido training rather than seeing what it feels like on, you know, your Uncle Bob at the at the family picnic. All right. All right. All right, Russell. So finally on our list, for those of us out there who are real UFC fans or at least understand that any street fight can go to the ground, we have to bring up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I don't think the interview would be complete without offering up at least one ground move. So give us a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu technique that you think really does have street application outside of the octagon. Okay. Well, um, the one I'm looking at is the Kimura 
Now, for those who don't know what that is, if you lay on your back and put your hands up like you're, um, you know, I give in sort of thing. So your your shape of your arm is that the shoulder to the elbow is a straight line and your hands above your head, back of your hand on the mat, the palm facing upwards. So that's the basic arm position. And from there, they put on this figure four arm lock, Kimura. Now, we all know it works. We've seen it work on tons of matches, tons of competitions. It works. But they, the standard way that it's done is that they, they grab the, if you imagine you're going to do it on your opponent's, um, right arm, you, you grab their wrist, with your right arm, you slide your left arm underneath the uh, elbow, just above the elbow. You grab your own wrist to create what's called a figure four, and then you slide that along, slide the back of the hand along the floor towards the hip. Works, absolutely works. There's other ways that people do it as well, where they lift the elbow up and push it through and do it in that, almost in the same place. That works as well, but not as well. Now. What happens is, if you imagine you're laid on your back with your palm up, your hands up like a I give in sort of situation, you're actually aligned. Your body is still aligned. Now, <clears throat> if you're in alignment, you've still got strength and power. And one of the ways out of that, if you're a big, strong guy, is simply to bridge up and punch. Punch along the floor and out, and you get out of it. It happens a lot. And Again, with jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, they say... In jiu-jitsu, it's a small man's art. The small man can make it work against the bigger man. Now, like I say, the arm, everything's in alignment. So when you grab their wrist with your hand, with your, and you grab around their wrist, if you imagine you were revving a motorbike up, so when you grab their wrist, you twist it as if you're revving a motorbike up. Twist it and twist it and twist it and push it forward a little bit, like you're revving a motorbike. Now that rotates, that rotates the radius and ulna to such an extent that all strength is now rubbed out of that arm. And you, a simple pressure test is, grab it the normal way, be as strong as you like, get the other big strong guy, get the biggest strongest guy in the gym, and get him to bridge up and punch, and he'll get out. Then twist his arm and see if he can punch, he won't be able to. So now you've robbed the strength. So now you're going to make this lock ten times easier to apply, just off that alone. So you still do the rest of it the same. You make your figure four, but you've now twisted it. All of his strength is gone. The elbow of your arm that was twisting it should be raking down their face, which again is illegal in competition. And you should be that takes out gaps. Obviously, you make sure all your weight's on their body, take out the gaps. Now, this is all done in a split second because you want to be getting up as quick as you can, especially in a self-defense situation. But this is assuming that you've been taken down, you're on top. And then instead of sliding the elbow down towards the hip, you, you just twist your body and rip their own elbow across their own rib cage. And with the twist in the arm, the hip movement that we mentioned before for power generation and a few of the little things that we won't go into on this one, as that elbow gets ripped across there, you're going to get the same sort of damage to that arm as you did with the Aikido thing. 
So instead of just a simple shoulder lock, you're going to take out, you're going to get a shear fracture through with the radius and all that, the elbow's gone, the shoulder's gone, all in one movement. There is a serious amount of damage. And when somebody's that damaged in a fight, you're on top, you've done that much damage to them, to make your escape or to finish them from there, if you have to, becomes that much easier. Okay, that's 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 a brutal, brutal move. Ripping off someone's arm is uh is kind of uh yeah, that's that's definitely qualifying as as extreme. All right, great stuff. Listen, Russell, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today and and sharing a lot of these techniques. And listen, everyone, as you can see, um, you know, when when the conversation degrades down into well, my system can beat up your system, you're really missing the point. The point is that it's really about what move you can pull out when you need it to be able to save your life. And every martial art, and I've trained in a, a bunch of different martial arts myself, and I can tell you that there hasn't been one that I haven't trained in that there was some something I was able to pull out and be able to add to my arsenal. And that really is the best way, in my opinion, to look at how you're going to train for a true life or death scenario when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. So definitely check out uh, check out this training. Check out the, the in the show notes. We're going to put some tutorials in there as well from from Russell that he was he was nice enough to offer to us. And check out more of his work over at Secret Pressure Point Knockouts. Dot com. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.